The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about tapping into your natural sources of energy. It's interesting. Like what are best ways on how to boost your energy naturally, ways to fight fatigue? I feel as if the average person could use a little bit more of this in their life every day, especially if you're one who feels like you wake up, and the first thing that you need is a big cup of coffee. Now, if you don't know anything about Max living our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. We are healthcare providers of cause. We don't prescribe anything to you. We don't put you on medication. We don't take you off medication. But our goal inevitably is to get down to the root cause of your problem. I read somewhere more recently, uh, which I thought was funny, but also sad at the truth that lied behind it. Um, it said, if your doctor is consistently putting you on medications and not actively working to get you off, you don't have a doctor, you have a drug dealer. <laughs> and I was like, it's true. You know, I, I will always, I am not anti-medicine. I do believe that medicine has a time and a place. But what I have found through this system, I was watching a video just the other day and it was a medical doctor who had been in practice for less than five years. And she said, hey, if you are thinking about going to be a medical doctor, don't. And I was so surprised at that. You know, doctors become doctors, nurses become nurses to help people. And she just really talked about how it is virtually impossible to um, get your medical doctorate degree and start private practice, right? What everyone wants insurance to be taken. And so to start it on their own was hard because <laughs> as a small business owner, you know, small business owning is not for the faint of heart. I can say that for certain. Um, but she said she's just bound by the system that she works in and they have her stuck. And so she says, hey, I need more time with patients. And they say, no, you have X amount of minutes allotted with each patient because, and, and it's not like one that she can say, no, I would prefer to see them 
in longer spans because they said we need to bill for taking insurance and insurance cuts our fees then we need to ensure we're making x amount of dollars so you need to be a producer in order to be a producer you need to see extra people and so what happens is they get caught in this box where they're like hey you know you just you have type 2 diabetes or you're pre-diabetic and they're like what do i do and they're like less sugar you're like, okay, so they do less sugar, but you know, if they're increasing tons of carbohydrates, which break down into sugar, or if they have um, artificial sweeteners, which, you know, tons of trouble with the gut microbiome, neurological responses that come with it, then they just produce another problem. So they're like, hey, be careful, take this metformin, we'll check you back in 90 to 120 days or six months, and we'll see where your numbers are. And if they're not better, then they say, well, you got to be careful what increase your metformin. But, you know, if that's not working, then we might have to put you on insulin. And so it's just this cycle that patients are going to doctors to try to be well. And and doctors want to try to get those patients well. But if they don't have the time to explain to them how diabetes works, gives them life tools, right? To say eat less sugar. I don't think that anyone who's a diabetic doesn't know that their excessive sugar in, to intake caused it. But if you're not giving them actionable steps in order for them to be successful, it's where these disease processes just keep continuing. And so it's one, inevitably, that is one of the reasons why at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, we not only do grocery shopping tours, we have events that we host. If you ever want to look at what our next upcoming event is, we change them pretty regularly. It's creatinghealthyindy.com right? CreatingHealthyIndy.com. That's inevitably the goal, right? Yes, I'm a chiropractor, but I'm also um, through the process of taking additional classes in terms of functional medicine. Like I want you to teach how your organ systems come together as a whole, not individuals, not a sum of its parts. They're all a whole in the way that they work. And so that's inevitably our goal in how we're able to more successfully find root causation of problems, not just mask them with drugs and surgery. We appreciate medicine. There is a time and a place. But if we can do things more proactively, that's obviously going to be our first and foremost approach. So before we dive down deep into tapping into our natural sources of energy, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a Protesters day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's Health in the News comes from CNN. FDA vaccine advisors disappointed and angry that early data about new COVID-19 booster shot wasn't presented for review last year. Some vaccine advisors to the federal government say they're, quote, disappointed and angry that government scientists and the pharmaceutical company Moderna didn't present a set of infection data on the company's new COVID-19 booster during meetings last year when the advisor discussed whether the shot should be authorized and made available to the public. (laughs) This is one where I think it's uh, sad because everyone would always say, well, you know what, I'm going to take it because I trust the science. I trust the science. But this is literally going back and saying all the people 
who should have quote presented the science to these people the ones who are making decision on whether or not you are going to be injected with these boosters um didn't have all of the science it's crazy to think about that data suggested the possibility that the updated booster might not be any more effective at preventing covid19 infections than the original shots the data was early and had many limitations but several advisors said that they were concerned about the lack of transparency. U.S. taxpayers that um, spent nearly $5 billion on the new booster. <laughs> U.S. taxpayers. I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, you are likely one of those people. I'm a U.S. taxpayer. <laughs> U.S. taxpayers spent nearly $5 billion on the booster, which has been given more than 48 million people in the United States. Uh, Paul Offit, who's a member of the Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Council, uh, a group of external advisors that help the FDA make vaccine decisions, said, quote, I was angry to find out that there was data that was relevant to our decision that didn't we didn't get to see. Decisions that are made for the public have to have based on all information available, not just some of the information, but all of the information. So at a meeting from the FDA advisory group in June of last year and a September panel advised the uh, CDC, the experts were presented with reams of information indicating that the new vaccine worked better than the ones already on the shelves. The data called immunogenesis data was based on blood work done on participants to assess how well each vaccine elicit antibodies that fight off the Omicron strand of the virus that causes COVID-19. The data was not presented to the experts, looked at actual infections, who caught COVID-19 and who didn't. It found that 1.9 of study participants who received the original booster became infected. <laughs> Among those who got the updated bivalent vaccine the one scientist hoped would work better the higher and a higher percentage 3.2 became infected so they more people became infected after this one that was bivalent had multiple strands this infection data was far from complete the number of study subjects who became infected was very small and both the patients and the researchers were aware of who was getting the original shot and who was getting the booster why that's important because most people hail double blind research study as kind of the upper echelon that double blind means the patient doesn't know who's receiving it and the doctor administering it doesn't know who's receiving it they said despite the imperfections the data was included in a preprint study that was posted online in june again in september in an fda document and then later that month in a top medical doc and the advisors to the fda and cdc said that data should have been shared with them too so they had the data. They just didn't share it with them. Dr. Eric Rubin, who was a member of the FDA Vaccine Ad, uh, Advisory Committee, said, we're not a group of children. We understand how to interpret these results. Uh, six out of the FDA and CDC advisors interviewed said that the infection data wouldn't have changed how they voted, right, because the data had such limitations, but it still should have been presented to them. My thought process is, of course, they're not going to say, 
I would have voted differently because then that would have been such a breach to that, you know, don't slap the hand that feeds you, right? These FDA and CDC are still in contract with these drug companies for these vaccines, right? Um, Another professor of epidemiology from the University of Michigan School of Public Health said there should always be full transparency, These data should not be dismissed. They're early and they indicate that we need to look at them and see what their value is. This is again where I take a step back and I think all the people who said, I'm getting it because I trust the science, the FDA advisors and the CDC committee are literally saying we didn't get to see all of the science before we made that decision. Something that just really, like it really makes you think a little bit when you're like, yes, I'm making this decision for my health because these highly educated people have all of this research and science about what's best for my body. And now they're coming back and saying, well, we didn't, we didn't actually know all of that. We just kind of hoped. They go on to talk more about not just the emphasis on transparency. And I don't wonder from like the long haul of things, even from the first set versus the second set, how much transparency really was being had. But again, they go on to talk about Uh, In August, about two months after the FDA advisors met, the agency authorized the Moderna bivalent vaccine on September 1st. They voted and recommended it. They went on to talk about just the dollar amount in terms of contracts. Over the next month or so, the U.S. government announced agreements to purchase the bivalent booster from Pfizer and Moderna, a contract for $3.2 billion with Pfizer and $1.74 billion with Moderna. Let that settle in. That's just for the bivalent. That's not for the original. And so it's so interesting. I'm like, so they go on to talk about how about a month after the CDC advisors met, studies were released from researchers at Harvard and Columbia, suggesting that the new vaccines didn't work any better than the original. We essentially see no difference between the old booster and the new one about a month after the shot. Um, Again, another professor. President Joe Biden and other administration officials continue to emphasize the updated booster is the best way to avoid hospitalization or death from (laughs) COVID-19. But nearly four months after its release, only 15.4% of the U.S. population age five and older has opted to get the shots, according to CDC data. The advisors are scheduled to meet again in a couple weeks. Dr. Paul Offit, the FDA vaccine advisor, said the Columbia and Harvard studies convinced him even more that the infection data and all the related caveats should have been given to the advisors from the very beginning. This is not acceptable. I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I understand we're building the plane while it's in the air, but you can't do this, he said. It did shake my faith. It shook my faith in how these decisions were being made. Now, if a a doctor, a medical doctor, who is an FDA vaccine advisor is this, I feel like you should be concerned. And it's just one, right? They, what, and here's my real question. So they say, hey, uh, I mean, we didn't lie. We just didn't give you all of the research. And the government now right? They already made these billions of dollar contracts with them. And you're like, now what? What's your repercussion? And you're like, well, if they're paying them these billions of dollars, what are you going to find them? A couple million? 
like that's literally drops a hundred million that's still a drop in the bucket for what they're making because that that billions of dollars is just on the bivalent COVID-19 booster that's it and so like how else are you going to hurt them like you're still going to do business with them you're still going to do it so it encourages them it's like your kid right like imagine you as a parent are like hey uh I see you had a bunch of candy and they're like, yeah, you know, no big deal. And you like let it go and you let it go. And there's like this example that you just keep ignoring the fact that your child is withholding the truth from you. Do you think that that's going to make it so your child wants to be transparent and truthful with you? No, because you're rewarding them for lacking of transparency. And I don't know about you, but my mom's always told me that withholding the truth is also a form of lying, right? Like, but yet somehow we've... We've allowed it because it's it's these giant, huge dollar amounts for um, drug companies. So anyways, food for thought before you um, put anything in your body. So but what if you want to get natural energy out of your body? We can actually talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can check us out online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. To schedule your initial exam and consultation. I actually saw a new patient uh, just the other day. And I said... Oh my gosh, how did you hear about the office? And he said, Dr. Google, duh. And I was like, oh, because honestly, we're probably 90% referral based now. So it's really nice to be able to say, hey, thank you so much for referring your friend, family, coworker, loved one, small group leader, whatever. And so, <laughs> and he's like, plus side for you, one of the reasons why I scheduled the appointment with you is because. I could just do my new patient appointment online. And I said, yes. And honestly enough, I was telling him about, and this is a true story. I ended up putting, like going through all the rigmarole of having new patients be able to schedule online because of the sheer fact that there was this gym that I really wanted to try. But there's classes. And so you had to like register in advance for the classes. So every time I would think about it, it was a time that they weren't open or it was the middle of the night or I just kept like putting it on my to-do list and it kept, you know, falling down the levels of important. I was already working on a different gym, didn't think much of a deal of it. And it was just over and over and over again. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I called in and I was like, you know, if you guys ever thought about being able to just to do this online, because if I was able to do this online, like I would have been in your gym working out probably 
six months before today. And then I thought people are probably doing the same thing for me because they're like, hey, if I could just go online and schedule my new patient appointment, I would be doing this so much more often. So interestingly enough, too, we also have once you're kind of on the schedule in, in our system after you become a new patient, we have all of the um, like a scheduling app. Then that way people can move their appointment up or down or back or right like your meeting ran long. You can move it to tomorrow. You had a rain day, so you didn't work, so you got to come in early, right? Or um, your kid's sick and there's zero way. Maybe they got pink eye, which is awesomely enough going around right now. And you're like, zero chance I'm going to make it in today or tomorrow. And you're like, great, you just move your appointment online. So the scheduling ease that comes with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, we, uh, I kind of pride myself in. So anyways, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Today, we're talking about tapping into your natural sources of energy. What I want to talk about briefly before we dive into this is that when your body is trying to tell you something, there is a reason. There is a reason why our bodies have symptoms. This is the analogy that I will typically give. Um, Imagine I'm driving home and I see my check engine light go on. So clearly being a female chiropractor, I know exactly what to do. So I take a little shiny piece of duct tape and I plop it right over my check engine light. Well, listen, eventually my car is going to break down because the check engine light was not inevitably the problem. The check engine light was a symptom or a warning sign that something else underlying is going on. Um, But here's the difference, though, is that typically, right, the average person, and there's always the outliers who say, not me, I've been driving around with it for four years. Well, good for you. But I don't want to be like you. And I don't want my people to to be like you either. I want to get down to the root cause of the problem. So typically, if there was a check engine light, you would do some diagnostics. You would figure out what was going on to cause a check engine light. It was a warning sign something else underlying was going on. Listen to me. Symptoms are your body's warning sign. If you have headaches, if you have aches and pains, if you have numbness and tingling, if you have radiculopathy, right, like goes down your leg or goes down into your shoulder, if you have um, even like heartburn, acid reflux, right, like that is your body's symptom. It is a warning sign trying to tell you there's something else underlying going on, right? But then typically we say, hey, where's the pill, potion, or lotion that I can throw at this to mask the symptom, And it's like, people don't usually do that with their car. So why do we keep continually doing it with our health? There has to be a point where you realize just because you take a pill, potion, or lotion, that doesn't necessarily mean it gets down to the root cause of the problem. You will be so surprised when I talk to patients in the office and I say, you know, like, okay, do you have high blood pressure? And they'll say, no. I'm like, well, paperwork says you're on two or three high blood pressure medications. And they're like, yeah, it's 120 over 80. It's stellar. <laughs> and I'm like, You still have high blood pressure. You have high blood pressure that's being managed by a chemical, by medication. You still have high blood pressure, but it's almost this like out of sight, out of mind. And so it's just, I feel as if when we talk more so about, you know, tips and tricks to be able to boost energy more naturally, you know, fatigue is also no different in that it is your body's way to try to tell you, hey, there's something else underlying going on. 
Don't do it with your car. Quit doing it with your health. (laughs) Now, what are some tips and tricks? Uh, Number one that I will tell you very interestingly enough is that we need to improve our sleep, time and quality. It has been very interesting. Uh, About a month or two back, I had gotten like a fitness tracker, if you will. Um, But it is one that I I had a EMF reader because I was I was really nervous. I mean, I really don't care for EMFs at all. Um, so I was interested to see like wearing this device. It's a ring. Wearing this device, um, the amount of EMFs, and so I can actually turn it in airplane mode, which is virtually none. And even with it on and running, it's incredibly incredibly low. So I was really happy about it. Anyways, so it's been tracking my sleep for the last several weeks. And there are a couple things I have personally noticed. If you were to ask me six months ago, how much sleep do I need, right? I feel like that's a pretty fair question. How much sleep do you need? And I would probably say six, maybe seven hours. Now, this tracks, uh, you know, and I also have a um, teething child right now. So that has (laughs) massively affected uh, my quality of sleep, which awesomely enough, this uh, ring reminds me of when I sleep poorly and I'm managing a teething toddler. But it shows you like the total amount that you've slept deep sleep. And really, long story short, what I've come to realize is that for me to feel rested, I need eight hours of sleep. Eight hours is relative. Sometimes it's interrupted. Sometimes it's not. But if I get six, my body feels depleted. And when I get seven, I don't feel fully rested or ready to kind of take on the day. And so it has been one that I have had to start to go to bed kind of early. Like I put the kids down and my husband and I spend a little bit of time together. And then he usually stays up a little bit later. I am his wife, not his mom. I'm not managing what time he goes to bed or how much sleep he gets. But I'm like, I love you so much, but I'm going to bed. And it's so interesting how much better I feel. While you sleep, your body restores and repairs the day's damage. Um, I had read an article uh, years back, but it, it talked about, um, and if you've listened back then, I think it was my health in the news. It talked about sleep being your brain's dump- dumpster. And so what happens when you get an adequate amount of sleep, seven hours and above, that what happens is your brain shrinks and it allows for cerebral spinal fluid to help clear out um, damage or proteins like bad amyloid proteins, for example. Um, Consistent sleep helps with regulating your body's internal clock. Um, now if you are a caffeine consumer, sometimes people say it doesn't really bother me. Uh, for me, I've realized that, uh, any caffeine after 11 AM is going to make it so that though I don't feel like I want to run a marathon, I also don't feel like I can just put my head on the pillow, close my eyes and go to sleep. So I usually recommend, uh, anywhere from like one to 2 PM for individuals because the effect of caffeine can last up to 12 hours depending on how fast you metabolize that. Interestingly enough, there is a gene expression that helps you metabolize slower or faster just depending on the person. Um, Another thing too, when you're like, I can't sleep, I'm so stressed. Uh, Here, I have a lot on my plate 
uh, with being a mom, a business owner, a chiropractor, a radio speaker, right? Like all the, like I have a lot of different hats, a lot of different plates. And so I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, it'd be such a great idea for a radio show. Oh my gosh, you know what this patient needs? Oh my gosh, I forgot that, you know, payroll, whatever. And so I have uh, like just notes next to my bed. And so then that way my brain's like, it's dumped out. And that's like a proverbial brain dumpster, not a physical brain dumpster. But it really has been really important for me. But I will say going to bed around the same time is really important. Um, Another one too is that often signs of dehydration. Do you know what the first sign of dehydration is? And you guessed it. It's feeling tired and exhausted. Uh, If your energy level plummets, uh, it could be that um, it's just because you don't have enough fuel. That fuel is water. Our bodies are made up of mostly water. So even small drops in hydration are enough to affect your metabolism. Now, we talked a little bit about caffeine. Caffeine is a diuretic. So as a diuretic, its job is to physically push water and hydration out of the body. <laughs> so um, making sure you're staying hydrated. Um, now, I had seen something more recently too, or a patient had brought it to our attention. And they're like, hey, you know, there's this article talking about how 100 ounces of water is actually too much and it could kill you. And I was like, you know, because it changes the the sodium potassium gradient because you're watering it down. And um, it really came from some dated research back in like the 60s. And no, I will not encourage you to sit down and immediately in one sitting drink all 120 ounces. Though even that being said, I would question on whether or not that would kill you. I don't think it'd be good for you. But this is one where you consume water throughout the day. Number I will tell you, um, the National Academy of Medicine, this is not chiropractic or my office, suggests about nine cups of fluid uh, water a day for women and 13 cups for men. It'd be like 68 ounces. I typically tell people take whatever you weigh, divide it in half and drink that. And you probably need a little bit more if you're working out, if you're really active, pregnant or nursing. Oh my gosh, when I was nursing, I was drinking 140, 150 ounces a day. Like you can't produce a fluid for a human if you are not hydrated enough. Uh, if you consume caffeine, uh, if you have a disease or like illness, that is typically one my body requires more. Here's what is helpful too is that... Um, Sports drinks that we think are really, really hydrating, they're typically loaded with high fructose corn syrup, with sugar, with additives. Um, You can get electrolytes naturally from a pinch of salt. You can do uh, lemons and some like liquid stevia if you want to. Um, One of the favorites for my kids that we do is I cut up strawberries, more specifically in strawberries season. Um which is around the spring for where we're at, a bunch of lemons. And I put in just like a couple drops of the liquid stevia and I let it sit for a couple hours. And that, my friend, is what strawberry lemonade is. And when I tell you the kids think it is the best treat ever, you can also do coconut water. Just ensure you really pay attention to any additional uh, additives 
oftentimes it's not just coconut water. There's extra sugar, there's stabilizers in there, which make it less than optimal for consumption. When we come back, we will talk more about secrets of naturally untapping your body's energy next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we're talking about tapping into your natural sources of energy. One aspect that I see so many people miss and where people who make these changes see one of the biggest results is changing your nutrient load. (laughs) You know, we're so like everyone heard of like B12 for energy, B12 for energy. But do you know B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, right? Like B9, B12 all help turn food into energy. It literally breaks it down. Why I think that's so interesting is one, the average person is eating the SAD diet, the standard American diet. And so we can do all the shots of B12 that you want, but if you are physically not putting in good quality nutrition, that B12 isn't going to do as much as it could, right? Like B12 has been coined as like the energy vitamin. Um, and it, do, it does help boost energy. Um, if you are deficient in energy, B12 is often one that they are more standard. Now, it is a water-soluble vitamin, which means you can't your body cannot store extra amounts of B12. It relies on getting the vitamin from both food or the supplements that you eat. Though I love vitamin D. I do. I love vitamin D. And we talk about supplementing with vitamin D. I was talking to someone the other day. I'm like, the best source of vitamin D comes from the sun. So you have an option of vitamin D from a pill form or vitamin D from a sun source. Like choose the sun source. UVB rays are what move vitamin uh, cholesterol into vitamin D. So if you can naturally, I actually, fun fact, this past year, I got a vitamin D lamp. And uh, also fun fact, I didn't read the directions. I put my kid in front of it and then their faces were a little bit rosy. Whoops. Um, But I'm sure they got a lot of vitamin D at the time. So now we do things a little bit differently because I read the direction. But when we talk about B12, right? B12 is one that, again, here's the sources, top sources. And again, if you can get it from sources, beef liver, 
sardines, which don't scoff at sardines because um, getting the right kind. They're not salty. I think a lot of people get sardines and anchovies mixed up. I'm a pretty big fan of sardines. Not as much for anchovies. Uh, Beef liver, the way that we do this, um, I know a lot of people who take it, freeze it into cubes, swallow it whole like they would um, like a capsule or a pill. Uh, I do it with beef liverwurst. There is a company that makes it and it looks like it's just a pound of ground beef. So for every one third a pound of ground beef I use, I pair it with about a third of liverwurst. So it gives organ meats, which if you want to talk about uh, superfood, organ meats actually where it's at. Atlantic mackerel is very high, lamb, wild caught salmon, nutritional yeast, feta, ground beef, cottage cheese, and eggs. Now, this is one of the reasons why I see, and this is very, it's very unpopular to say, because I know that most people have really good intents with it, but long-term vegans or vegetarians, I often see are the most nutrient deficient. It's, it's, it makes my, right, because they're doing it. And even if they're doing, sometimes there's like clean vegetarian and then there's like cheese pizza vegetarian. Um, I just have to kind of be careful about sourcing because it's just, I had a friend who is a long-term vegetarian. I feel like I can say this because I am a good friend of hers. Um, she used to call herself, she was like, yeah, I used to tell people I was a vegetarian. Um, so really what I see is that I was just a carbitarian. <laughs> like everything that I eat was carbohydrates. And I, I thought it was kind of funny, but I mean, it is very often I have a woman just a year or two back who was really strict vegetarian and um, had been for years and years and years. And she got diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes and she was really confused. And I tried to break it down for her why and it was uh, not as well received. Now, what about, so reduce carbohydrate. So that's my secondary component. So one, increase your B vitamins. Number two, um, well, on this half. Another aspect is reduced carbohydrate consumptions. Carbohydrate is what's going to spike your sugar. And so this is oftentimes where um, simple carbs, like sugary vegetables, cookies, processed foods, so think like white bread and pasta, um, your body burns through quickly. So it gives you kind of a fast energy boost. But the problem with that is it's followed by a crash in your blood sugar that goes down. Most people who think they are hypoglycemic are actually a mixture. They don't feel as much when their blood sugar spikes. They feel when it crashes. So then they, you know, are like, oh, no, let's put in some Skittles and M&Ms to get it up. And we just go through this like terrible, like spiking and crashing and spiking and crashing. So be cognizant of your carbohydrate consumption. Um, now, one food, I mean, there's lots of foods, but another food if you want to tap in to your natural sources of energy is eat chia seeds. Now I have a friend who um, said, Hey, the only thing I really know about chia seeds is the chia pet, but also I'm not really sure how to use them if I put them in my body or where to get them. (laughs) Um, Any standard grocery store you can typically find. It's usually in, um, Like the baking aisle, and the baking aisle is oftentimes where you'll find um, nuts and seeds. I will say too that I often will, um, 
I'll get mine at Costco. I get a big one. We use them often enough that, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, am I going to use like three or four pounds of chia seeds? And you're like, eventually, maybe not in the next month or two months or six months, but they don't spoil. So I'd rather buy them in bulk and keep using them. I use them for, so here's how you use them, right? Because that was the the real question is I would love to consume more. Uh, fun fact, ancient Mayans and Aztecs ingested chia seeds to keep their energy and alertness up among warriors during war. Um, w- one of the reasons, I'm not really thinking that like my five, three and one year old are going to do any of that stuff, but um they're really, really high in omega-3s, which is an anti-inflammatory. They're high in calcium. They're high in iron. So things especially, too, for the average adult and kids that we always typically need a little bit more of. Uh, you can put them in your water. little splash of apple cider vinegar, a drop of uh, natural sweetener, and you'll let, give them like an hour or so, and they plump up. So they're kind of fun to drink. I make chia seed pudding for the kids. They think it's kind of fun. I slice up berries on the top. What uh, You can put them in your smoothies. I personally don't put them in my salads because they're just small enough to get into the cracks of my teeth, which uh, as an adult somehow uh, ruins my day. Should it? No. Does it? Yes. So uh, here we are. The other thing that I do most often is I put them in egg banana pancakes. So it's a one banana to two egg ratio. Wait, one one banana, two eggs. Yes. So if I do like four or five, I have to do them in bulk because my kids are monsters, bottomless pit monsters. Um, if I have like four or five bananas, I do between like eight to 10 eggs. Uh, and I put them in a little blender and I put in cinnamon and chia seeds. And then I just put them on the, the griddle and flip them over. They love them. High in protein, high in iron, high in good fats. Um, so there's really a bunch of different ways you can use them. It doesn't mean always you might like, i.e. salads. But so anything that like eating them or crunching them raw for some reason is just not my body's like, no, thank you. So and the other one is exercise. I recently got into a rut where I'm like, I just don't feel good. And my kids, you know, teeth and not sleeping through the night and sickness. But when you get to actually moving, physical activity sends oxygen and nutrients to your body cells. It helps your heart and lung work more effectively, and it actually boosts your energy. And so, yes, expending energy increases positive hormones. It increases your energy overall. I can say I personally experienced that more recently now that I'm back into the the flow of uh, getting my butt out of bed and uh, moving it. <laughs> so just some actionable steps. I'm sure some you knew, maybe some you didn't, but the more you can incorporate these into your life, the more you can just tap into your natural energy sources. Know that you weren't created to be sick. You weren't created to be tired. You weren't created to suffer. And so the more that we can just love on, invest in, and nourish our body, that's inevitably the way that it was always intended to be. So thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week. Always remember that your power is on. (laughs) 